everybody bow their heads with me and pray as we dig into God's Word this morning. Dear precious Heavenly Father, how mighty is your name. We have so much to be thankful for. And one of those things is your peace. Help us not to take this peace for granted. Help us to realize that this peace is so much more than the world's definition of peace. Help us to start this Christmas season by practicing this peace and showing this peace so people can see Christ through us. So people can see Christ's grace and mercy and compassion through us. And I pray that our practice of grace, mercy, and compassion will go well beyond Christmas and into the rest of our lives. I'm humble and honored to deliver your word, Father, helping you to interpret it accurately. Let it be your words and not my words. Allow your spirit to continue to move in this place and to stir our hearts and to change us and transform us. You're mighty awesome. God, in the name of Jesus, amen. The Merriam-Webster's Dictionary has five meanings for the word peace. It is a state of tranquility or quiet. It's freedom from oppressive thoughts or emotions. It's harmony in personal relations. It's a period of mutual concord between governments. It's also a word used to ask for silence. And it's also a word used for a greeting or a farewell. Now there's many rock stars and, and political figures and scholars that have had their own conclusions of how we get a state of tranquility or quiet or freedom from oppressive thoughts or emotions or harmony in personal relations or a period of mutual concord between governments. Famous guitarist Jimi Hendrix quoted, When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. South African politician Nelson Mandela quoted, If you want to make peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy, then he becomes your partner. Famous scholar Albert Einstein said, Peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. Luke 2.14 is in a time in scripture where an angel appeared to shepherds watching their flocks by night near the birthplace of Christ right after Jesus Christ was born. And an angel appeared with the heavenly host and said, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Famous Christian author C.S. Lewis quotes, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. You see, when Jesus Christ was born, we had real peace. A peace that goes well beyond any definition that has to do with peace 
from the world. You see, we don't even know what peace is apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ. We're kicking off a Christmas series called Peace on Earth. And we're going to go through how this peace affects our lives on so many different levels. But today in detail, we're going to talk about how there's two kinds of peace. There's the peace from Christ and the peace from the world. And we're going to give a distinction between the two definitions of peace. The peace of Christ first brings joy. The peace from the world brings happiness. See, we tend to mix joy and happiness a lot. Joy and happiness are two totally separate things. See, joy never leaves you, and happiness comes and goes. See, joy is a satisfaction that God's always going to love us, God's always going to be with us, we're not always going to have amazing times, but we know that we're going to have eternal life with Christ if we follow Him and we're faithful to Him. If you remember the story in Matthew 7 about the man who built his house upon a rock and the man who built his house upon the sand, both men had to go through the storm, right? They both had to go through the hard times. It's just the man who built his house upon the rock had the peace of Jesus Christ, while the man that built his house upon the sand had the world's definition of peace. And the man that had joy knew that the storm was coming, and he knew that he was going to have God loving him, and he knew that God was going to fulfill his promises, and he knew that God was going to get him through the storm. While the other man may have believed in the world's definition of peace and a temporary happiness. How many of you guys remember that cheesy Sunday school song? I say cheesy because I'm from Wisconsin, and... Life revolves around cheese, basically. Behold the power of cheese. Remember the song, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? I didn't mean for a whole congregational sing-along. But there's so much truth to that song. There's a part of the song where it, where it goes, down in my heart to stay, because it's in your heart. Joy doesn't leave. Happiness comes and goes, but it's down in your heart to stay when you have joy. And this joy comes from the peace of Christ. Our preamble to the Declaration of Independence says, We are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I believe our Creator gives us this right to the pursuit of happiness so that we would eventually find joy in our pursuit of happiness. And through finding joy in our pursuit of happiness, we would be happy about what makes God happy. So in your pursuit of happiness, please search for joy, because joy never leaves you. Happiness can come and go, but joy is here to stay, and joy comes from the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ also has sacrifice. Matthew 10, 34-39 says this, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, 
but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves her father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves her son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is one of the hardest passages to preach from. I've been in churches before, and people will just walk out of the room when they have to hear that passage. Because sometimes we do put our family in front of God, and God's tugging your heart to follow him first and foremost. And I know some of you have family members that won't even talk to you because you decided to follow Christ. I had a friend in college that got cut off financially, and he was going to get all of his college paid for if he went anywhere besides a Bible college. But he decided to go to Bible college, and his parents cut him off completely financially. I know some of you have lost marriages because you decided to become a Christian. So this hits people on so many different levels. But when you have the peace of Christ, you're called to something so much bigger and greater than yourself. We look at Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. Jesus with a crowd of people that he'd been teaching. he also been doing some healing. And he also healed somebody from demon possession. In the previous passage, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were asking for a sign. They were asking for a sign so that Jesus could prove that he really was Jesus. But Jesus knew that the Pharisees were just trying to stump him. And we jump into verse 46. And verse 46 says, While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. You see, even if you have family that abandons you, even if you have a husband and wife that a husband or a wife that abandons you, you still have your spiritual family. Look at verse 50. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does the will of the Father in heaven, that's your spiritual family. That's the family that's going to be with you for forever. And hopefully, the people you're related to will be part of that spiritual family. I know a lot of people have a distorted view of what a father is. And a lot of preachers talk about Jesus being your, your heavenly father, and some of us have had horrible fathers. And that really can distort your view of Jesus Christ. But we really have to hold on to this hope that you have a spiritual father in your spiritual family that's never going to leave you, that's going to be there eternally. Even if you didn't get along with your father, even if you had a horrible father. 
You see, when we're called to pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we have to throw everything that gets in the way. Everything that gets in the way. Romans 12 says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you're transformed by Christ, when you don't follow the patterns of the world, you're really, really going to have to take a chance in this world to follow Jesus. And picking up your cross means giving up all your pride, even if that means that some of your family is not going to follow your decision to follow Jesus Christ. There's a song by one of my favorite bands. This band is called Building 429. It's a song called Where I Belong. And the chorus goes, All I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world and give me Jesus. Because this is not where I belong. So, we also have to remember that this isn't our home. Our real home is with Christ, eternally. And that's where our spiritual family will be, eternally. So, no matter how much division you have with your family, just remember your spiritual family, because they're going to be with you for forever. And do whatever you can to minister to your family, so they can be a part of that spiritual family. And remember that this is your temporary home. Your real home is with eternal life, with Jesus Christ. The peace of Christ also brings life. We look at John 14, 27. And in John 14, Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And when Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You see, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming into those who believe him, he's talking about leaving his peace inside of us when the Holy Spirit is left to live inside of us. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And peace makes up the fruit of the Spirit. We see that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us when we have peace. John 6.63 says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. You see, when we have the Holy Spirit, we also show this peace. And when we show this peace, we show that we have life. Because we were dead in our own life. And the Holy Spirit came in and revived us. And now we have real life. I want to touch on this word life. When Jesus says, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. You see, when we follow the words of Jesus, we know what the Holy Spirit's inside of us. And because the Holy Spirit's inside of us, we have life. And this word life in the Greek is zoe. This word Zoe 
is life lived with the fullness of God. Not only in this life, but in our eternal life with Christ. I don't know how many of you guys have seen the movie Forrest Gump. It's one of my favorite movies. There's a part where Forrest Gump is on his mother's deathbed. And Forrest Gump's mother says, Forrest, Don's just a part of life. You know, that's my fatal attempt at talking with a southern accent. Might take me a while to fit into Virginia. But that quote has so much truth. Dying is just a part of life. You see, dying is a bridge from life here with the fullness of God to life eternally with the fullness of God. We experience Zoe, the fullness of life with God. Because we know that Jesus Christ conquered the grave. Jesus Christ conquered death. So death cannot harm us. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, we had the opportunity to experience Zoe, which is life. Fullness of life here, but also fullness of life eternally. So I want to challenge you guys that when you have the peace of Christ, when you practice the peace of Christ, when you allow the peace of Christ to come into you, you have life. You experience the fullness of God in your life, not just here in this life, but in your life eternally with Jesus Christ. The peace that the world offers does not allow us to stand up. The peace that the world offers does not allow us to fight. But the peace that Jesus Christ allows us to fight because we have to fight. Because there's a battle we're fighting every day. There's a spiritual battle. It's not a battle of flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle between good and evil every day. And we have to have the armor of God. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God and how we need to be equipped with the armor of God each and every day if we're going to practice peace. Because this is a peace that requires us to fight a battle. A peace that requires us to be fully equipped. Ephesians 6, 10-12 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, not only do we experience joy, not only do we experience sacrifice, not only do we experience life, but we have to fight this battle when we have the peace of Christ inside of us, where we have to be fully armored with the armor of God so we can battle evil each and every day. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this peace that you've allowed us to have. This peace that's so much different than the world. This peace that allows us to have joy. This peace that allows us to have sacrifice. This peace that allows us to have life. Only you can give us this peace.
Help us to fight the spiritual battle we have every day. Because with your peace, we have to fight. We rely on fighting because we're always fighting evil in this world. But help us to remember that when we have life, when we have Zoe, the fullness of God in our lives, death has no hold on us. And we have an eternal life with Christ, with our spiritual family, and our eternal Father that we have to look forward to. You're a mighty, awesome God. We bless the rest of this series and, and speak through John as he talks about how this peace can transform every aspect of our life. I pray that whether we take one thing or 12 things from today, I pray that we put them into practice. Help us to be that salt and light. Help us to be thankful for this peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.